Welcome back to the Vine Church Podcast. Today, we will be continuing our devotional series, The Gospel According to Zechariah. If you haven't already, you can find us on YouTube at the Vine Church Heart, and we'd love to have you join us over there. Good morning, folks. Wonderful to have you back. Uh, this morning, let's look at Zechariah 12. So I'm going to read Zechariah 12, verses 1 to 9. It says this, This message concerning the fate of Israel came from the Lord. This message is from the Lord who stretched out the heavens, laid the foundations of the earth and formed the human spirit. I will make Jerusalem like an intoxicating drink that makes the nearby nations stagger when they send their armies to besiege Jerusalem and Judah. On that day, I will make Jerusalem an immovable rock. All the nations will gather against it and try to move it, but they will only hurt themselves. On that day, says the Lord, I will cause every horse to panic and every rider to lose his nerve. I will watch over the people of Judah, but I will blind all the horses of their enemies. And the clans of Judah will say to themselves, the people of Jerusalem have found strength in the Lord of heaven's armies, their God. On that day, I will make the clans of Judah like a flame that sets a wood wood pile ablaze or like a burning torch among sheaves of grain. They will burn up all the neighboring nations right and left while the people living in Jerusalem remain secure. The Lord will give victory to the rest of Judah first before Jerusalem, so that the people of Jerusalem and the royal line of David will not have greater honour than the rest of Judah. On that day, the Lord will defend the people of Jerusalem. The weakest among them will be as mighty as King David, and the royal descendants will be like God, like the angel of the Lord who goes before them. On that day, I will begin to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. So, Last week, I introduced us to how Jerusalem is being used in this part of Zechariah. And so we have to ask the question now, we're reading this amazing prophecy of the protection of Jerusalem from the surrounding nations. Which Jerusalem are we talking about? Are we talking about the physical place of Jerusalem or are we talking about Jerusalem, God's people, the church? I think it's, I won't give you all my reasons why, but I think it's, it's better to read this chapter as though it's talking about the church, God's people. And so the question is, when? When is the church going to be besieged? I think this is a prophecy really throughout all of the life of the church, and it really culminates in the end days, in the last days of the church. Now, what I mean by that is we've seen a lot in this book so far about the victory of the church. We've seen a lot about God's plans that the church that will grow and the kingdom will fill the earth and God will be king over the whole earth. And that Jesus will return to a world that has been saved and transformed by him. But we've not heard a lot about the battles that happen in that process. We've not heard a lot about the enemies that come along, about the challenges to the kingdom. And Zechariah 12 is bringing those to our attention. It's saying just because the battle is going to be won doesn't mean there won't be a battle at all. What we do find, though, is miraculous protection from the Lord in the battle. So, for instance, we saw in um, uh, verses two and three that the nations have decided they are going to attack God's people. They are going to besiege Judah and Jerusalem. And so they are coming to attack. But then it says that God will make Jerusalem and Judah. He'll make his people like an intoxicating drink. When they try and come to us, when they try and attack, they'll become drunk and stagger around. When they bring their their horses and their riders, the the horses will go blind and the riders will lose their nerve. And what you find is 
the more uh, opposition comes up against God's people, the more God turns it back on their enemies. So first they come to besiege and they go away stumbling and drunk. Then they come with their chariots and their horses become blind. Then they come again and it says the Lord will make Jerusalem and Judah like a woodpile that will set them ablaze. He'll burn them up. And the view is that as the church is battered, as it's attacked, the Lord is actually dealing with with their enemies through that. Through battering God's people, God is defeating them. It's it's an amazing um, mark of protection, really. So as Christians, we should really know that, yeah, there will be battles against the church. People are going to come up against us. And it may be hard. It may, we, you know, like, uh, like Jerusalem back in this time, looking over their walls and seeing armies camped at the gate may seem like that sometimes. But we should know and have confidence in the future and the promises that God's made, knowing that God will turn um, the church's enemies against themselves. He will use their attacks on them. I think that's such an encouragement, particularly for the persecuted church in the world at the moment. On Sunday, in my sermon, I referenced the Christians in Afghanistan. So far, the Taliban haven't uh, made any moves, but it's almost inevitable that life is going to become very, very hard for Christians in Afghanistan at the moment. They can take comfort knowing that the enemies of the church will find themselves defeated as they come up against it. The enemies of the church in in the West, in our country, are much more subtle. We don't have uh, the same kind of militaristic or physical um, threats on our doorstep. We have much more kind of ideological um, battles. People are, are willing to spurn us, make us look stupid in the public square, uh, laws that are coming in which are opposed to biblical values. Our battle is not so much fought with guns and arms, but it's really a battle for truth. In the same way, we should know that the enemies of the church will find their their, um, battle against the church turned on themselves. The Lord will have the victory. That's what Zechariah has made crystal clear. There is a fight. They do come to besiege Jerusalem. That's what we see here. But the Lord turns the fight on them. And so as Christians, we need to be ready to fight. Which brings me to what I wanted to look at next. If you go further down the passage and look at verses um, 7 and 8, it says this. The Lord will save the dwellings of Judah first so that the honour of the house of David and of Jerusalem's inhabitants may not be greater than that of Judah. On that day, the Lord will shield those who live in in Jerusalem so that the feeblest among them will be like David. God empowers his people to be mighty. The feeblest among them, the weakest there would be like King David, known as the one who wins battles. David is the mighty warrior of the Lord. And that's the Lord's promise to us. When the fight comes, he will empower us, each of us, even the weakest among us be as mighty as David. Now, as I say, that doesn't necessitate that it's a physical conflict. doesn't mean that you need to get really good at fighting with a sword. In some parts of the world, it may mean that people need to learn how to shoot a gun. I'm not saying that that's how it is in this country at all. I think in for what we need to be doing to be as mighty as King David is to immerse ourselves in the word, immerse ourselves in God's truth, be ready for the fight that comes against the church. And know that the Lord will protect us. The next verse says, and on that day, I will set out to destroy all the nations that attack Jerusalem. In chapter two and three, we saw 
God uh, prophesying the future, saying that the whole world is going to be Jerusalem. He's saying that the whole world is going to be transformed by him, that the nations are going to flow into God's people, that the church is going to be the dominant power on the earth. Now we're just getting the other side of that coin. The nations that come up against it will be destroyed. And Jerusalem expands, God's people expands, the church goes forth. So there's lots of encouragement in this chapter, although it may seem odd when you first get into it. There's lots of encouragement about what it means to be those who are opposed by the world, by the surrounding nations, what it means to be God's people. But the promise it gives is simple and comforting. The Lord will fight on behalf of his people. The Lord will protect Jerusalem. He'll protect his people. He'll protect his church. So uh, what an encouragement is that we can submit to the Lord's protection and have hope for the future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love your people. Lord, we thank you that you uh, seek to build your church over this whole earth. Lord, we just pray that you would strengthen us and empower us, that the weakest among us would be as mighty as King David. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining me, guys. I'll see you later. Bye.